All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. I'm Whit Crump. I lead channels for the AWS Marketplace team and appreciate you joining this session to hear about how you can use Marketplace to expand your channel opportunities. I also have a couple partners that are joining us from Optiv and Stack Armor, and I'll introduce uh, each of them here a little later in the presentation. <clears throat> so to kick us off, I'm going to state a little bit of, of an obvious here, which is this is our sixth reInvent. We've got 40 plus thousand of our closest friends joining. I think it's safe to say that you know, cloud has become a bit of the, of the new normal. The ability for ISVs and consulting partners to stand up resources in a matter of minutes has enabled them to move faster than ever on behalf of, uh, on behalf of their customers. Also, it's allowed for a shift of IT cost and skills towards higher value creation workloads. And AWS's own growth in this space is evidence of the new normal in and of itself. We're the fastest IT vendor in history to reach a $10 billion run rate. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are always attracting new customers, new partners, and then core to this conversation is new applications. So applications are what customers use to manage their high-value workloads. And as they move to the cloud, they have to decide what applications they're going to migrate, what they're going to replace, what they're going to build on their own, and then what they're going to all together uh, discard. This is the redesign of their application portfolio, and they're going to look to partners such as many of you in the crowd here on you know, how they're going to make these kinds of decisions. And we at AWS see this transformation taking place in basically every customer that we're working with. Their apps are in flux. Now, customers are making these decisions on a daily basis. It's creating risk for them. They're feeling this risk. It's a big change. It also creates a huge opportunity for partners because they're going to be looking for someone to basically help and guide them through this process. Now, how does this really impact the enterprise? And we've done a lot of research on our own here at Marketplace, as well as worked with our partners in the analyst community. And what we found is that the average enterprise has about 200 plus vendors that they work with that they buy applications from. And that's also mixed in with apps they've built on their own, as well as a, a mix of open source software. And what they want to do is they want to try and rationalize that whole migration process. It's the, you know, keep, migrate, or replace. And we've also found that about 20% of the off-the-shelf software, software that they've purchased is never even deployed uh, into their system. So it represents a huge amount of capital that is just tied up in, in what is essentially uh, shelfware. And for as a partner, that also creates a big opportunity for you to, to un unlock that, uh, unlock that uh, capital and use it for new projects. Now, for the migration of software, if those contracts that they have around it aren't friendly to the cloud, um, it's probably going to be replaced with something else. So in helping customers move to the cloud, and you know, we're working with many of them, we're working with hundreds of consulting partners, and we get a lot of feedback from them that they feel there's friction that occurs in the migration process. And this friction really uh, takes place in two fronts. One is functional friction of the software, which is not really what I'm going to address today because that's unique to each individual application. But they're also finding that there's licensing friction. And further to that end, from a customer standpoint, we hear that uh, the top software packages that customers use from some of their top vendors, they don't always contemplate cloud instances. So they feel like if they're moving to the cloud, they have, there's, a, there's a potential risk of being out of compliance. And what this leads to is a really sharp decision point that has to be made um, around the replacement of applications. And some of these are applications that customers have been using for quite a long time. 
And what we hear specifically from customers is there's less interest in license perpetuity with maintenance, and they want more pay-as-you-go. They want one- to three-year contracts. And I talked about the new normal of the cloud. You know, infrastructure as a service has been here now for quite a while. This right here is what is the new normal for us, the new normal in the software channel that we're seeing with the customers that we speak to. Now, it's our sixth reInvent. As I've walked around, I see a lot of familiar faces. There's a lot of companies here that you can call cloud first, born in the cloud, already working with customers on making these types of changes. There's also a lot of companies here that are in their own transformation, a lot of consulting partners that are working to extend their value to customers, build on existing skills that they already have. And this new model that has to be adopted by partners really boils down to three really basic points. One is, how do you differentiate your own value, and then how do you apply that value at you know, essentially a breakneck speed? What used to be measured from a project perspective in the course of years has come down to months, and now in some cases is even you know, measured on a, a monthly to weekly basis. And it's the role of the partner to help that customer absorb the, the risk as they, you know, they migrate and they, they potentially move away from applications that they've been using for quite some time. So I've talked about sort of behaviors and observations that we've seen, but how do we really quantify what the opportunity is for a partner? Now, you know, this is analyst research and research we've done on our own, but the software industry today is about $426 billion, and that's growing at about 6% a year. So that's about $24 billion year over year. So you've got software growing at 6%, and you have SaaS growing even faster than that at 18% year over year. The question I pose to everyone is are you aligning yourselves to take advantage of this opportunity, you know, to, to basically chase that $24 billion increase uh, year over year? Much of the software today in the world goes through the channel. Now, you know, a lot of that is going to on-prem, but you know, if you believe the, st the stat that half the workloads are going to go to the cloud, you know, that's going to be the, it creates a big opportunity for the consulting partner because they're the ones working with the customers to make that move, make that move happen. And what we see with small to medium businesses is they tend to be more self-service. They tend to kind of find what the software they want is and go out and buy it. They may still seek, you know, an SI or an MSP to help them out with the integration and long-term uh, management. But with enterprise, enterprises, we see that about half of them use a single vendor to help them streamline the procurement process. And then probably about another half of them use multiple vendors as they shop around for best prices, but they still bring in a favored SI or a favored MSP to manage that ongoing. Because as they migrate, it creates that opportunity for them to offload a lot of the IT work that a lot of times they've done in-house on their own. So, you know, again, as you're chasing that $26 billion, or excuse me, $24 billion increase year over year, are you doing the things you need to be doing to align your own skill sets to your customers' application portfolios and investing in the technology that allows you to manage that software for your customer over time, because while infrastructure management is super important, infrastructure runs as a subset of the applications that are, are riding on top of it. Now, the traditional reseller transforming into an MSP. Now, I don't know how many in the crowd here would consider themselves a traditional MSP versus a, a cloud-first partner, but you know, if you're re retooling your business, you're going to be thinking more about the right side of this slide. You know, how is it you're moving from sales and installation to more configuration, scripting, and managed services. You're taking third-party software applications, you're wrapping them in your own intellectual property, and then creating new 
projects on top of it, creating new service offerings to add value to your customers. As you become that trusted advisor, they're going to keep coming back to you more and more, say, hey, you know, what if I did this? What if I did that? It's an ongoing relationship that, uh, that you're going to be able to build with them. So from a marketplace perspective, we've invested very heavily in the discovery and provisioning of software. We're a six-year-old business. We grow at a really strong double-digit clip year over year. We have uh, 1200 I, over 1,200 ISVs, um, uh, over 1,200 ISVs listing over 4,200 software products. The catalog is very heavily curated. It's vetted and continuously scanned for any kind of security issues. Nothing gets onto the website without going through a very strenuous process. We have the ability just to click to deploy, try and buy, try a product. It doesn't fit your needs. You can turn it off, try something else. And if you're a reseller or a consulting partner, you can, behind, you can buy on behalf of your customer and then uh, deploy directly into the account that either you manage or maybe you just manage the billing on their behalf. We offer BYOL uh, support as well as hourly pricing, monthly, annual, multi-annual, as well as now SaaS provisioning. And then if you're for the channel and for the enterprise, we now also offer uh, seller private offers, which if you were in the keynote this morning, you saw my boss, Dave McCann, uh, talk about seller private offers as well as a few other things I'll be, I'll be talking about in a minute. But essentially, that allows you as a channel partner or an enterprise customer to negotiate a private price with your ISV. So we are designing the channel into Marketplace, but I'll be talking about that more here in just a few minutes. So 4,200 applications covering 35 categories. We get asked all the time, what is it that really people are buying out of Marketplace? It's a huge variety of software. Kind of what are the hot spots? People are always trying to figure out, like, what's the next great thing? And the usage on Marketplace really boils down to about eight categories that are, are, are um, most commonly used. And the reason for that is is that these are the capabilities that are common across any customer or partner that's working with AWS. <clears throat> and I'll give you a, a really simple example. If you're a customer who's moving to AWS, a common first workload is a web application. You have to select your operating system. Then you need to secure that web application with a WAF, so you're probably going to try a couple of different firewalls, see which one fits your needs best. You're going to produce a lot of data. That data has to be stored somewhere and managed by some kind of software application. It also has to talk to the rest of your network. So you can kind of see where this sort of goes. You create a bunch of data. Now you've got to use a tool to analyze it. You, you know, buy a BI tool. So these eight make up the majority of usage, not just within customers, but also with partners who are managing in customers' uh, use of AWS. So like I said, we're designing the channel into AWS uh, Marketplace. And you know, we started our efforts about two and a half years ago, and we looked very closely at the buying patterns of our customers, and specifically around the consulting partners. So we went out and sought their advice on, what are the things that we should be you know, building? Where do we get started? And the great thing about partners is they'll tell you what's going well, and then they'll also tell you where you have a lot of opportunities to improve. Um, you know, we're an engineering organization. They gave us a lot of really pointed feedback, and what it boiled down to was two points. <clears throat> First is, <clears throat> excuse me, how do we enable compensation? You know, for the consulting partner, you're, you're reselling, you're buying on behalf of your customer. How do we get the consulting partner paid? And then secondly, you know, that connection between the consulting partner, the ISV, and AWS, how do we memorialize an opportunity across the customer relationship 
management systems of record. So you think about something like Salesforce. How do we, how do we take that opportunity so that it's commonly understood and approved across all three parties? And you know, of course, we're, we're trying to add value into this process, and we want to help you build this AWS-based business. So when I talk about the programs in a moment, we'll talk about the investments that our partners make. But from a marketplace standpoint, we offer free trials, we offer POC funding, and of course, when there's customer success, we always want to create case studies and videos and artifacts that we can both leverage to go out and talk about, talk about our success. But from a program perspective, and I know Dave talked about some of these today in, in Terry's keynote, we launched the Channel Incentive Program, I think it was January of 2016. It was our very first uh, effort into the Channel, Pay the Channel Program. It's very basic. An AWS reseller buys a participating ISV software off Marketplace, and they receive a 10% post-purchase incentive uh, for making that purchase. The program's grown quite a bit since we launched it. We now have close to 100, uh, excuse me, 100 uh, AWS resellers participating with about 34 ISVs. Across uh, those AWS resellers are based in about 16 countries, so we have a pretty wide geographic disbursement of, of uh, AWS resellers that are using this program. Now, something we just launched a few weeks ago, and this is really to the second point that, we made, that was made to us by our consulting partners uh, in our ISVs, which is how do we memorialize an opportunity, is channel opportunity registration. So most ISVs have some kind of a registration portal where when a consulting partner has an opportunity, they're able to come and enter in some attributes about the customer opportunity, and then in kind, the, the ISV will either approve or decline it, but if they approve it, they offer a set of benefits. One is margin, sales engineering support, things of that nature. So now a consulting partner can register those opportunities with an ISV. The ISV shares that with us so that when that subscription actually occurs, the uh, consulting partner can receive the recognition for that transaction, you know, be it from an incentive standpoint, engineering support, whatnot. Um, and then there's seller private offers. And Dave talked about that this morning. This is brand new, just launched. And this allows us to help facilitate the negotiation of a custom opportunity or a custom offer between an ISV and a customer or a consulting partner. Now, you know, being channel focused, I think about it from a, a consulting partner standpoint. So if you're a consulting partner, and you know, I've got two security partners here with me, if you're heavily invested in a particular ISV software, you can then, through, with us, negotiate custom price and custom terms with that ISV, and we'll stand that up in an offer that only you can see. Now, just to sort of define what we call an offer, you go to the Marketplace website and you, you pull up any individual ISV's product. We call, we call that an offer. So we can authorize that offer to only be viewed by specific AWS accounts with those custom terms and that custom price. So, you know, again, if you're a consulting partner who's made that investment, you can go back and buy off of that uh, listing time and time again uh, and receive those special benefits. And it all goes onto your AWS bill. It can be tagged, it's highly visible, and it becomes business as usual. Now, you've listened to me talk here for a little bit in sort of my monologue, and I want to introduce our, my, my first partner, uh, which is from Optiv. And so Optiv is a relatively new AWS partner, uh, started their journey to the cloud about a year ago. 
happy to have them here and want to talk about their transformation to the cloud and the work they're doing with Marketplace and Service Catalog. No, thanks so much, Whit. Yeah. Um, so good afternoon, everyone. My name's uh, Peter, Peter Evans. Um, as Whit said, I'm with a company called Optiv. I'm going to take a few moments here to talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the security space, uh, who we are. We're the largest pure play security provider in the world and uh, a little bit about the transformation of the cloud and a couple of case studies or a case study of a customer who leveraged Marketplace to basically accelerate their overall business. So um, a little bit about what we're seeing happening in the security world these days. Um, cybersecurity, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a very, very complex marketplace. Ten years ago, you could probably hold all of the, the providers, you know, the hardware and software providers in one hand. You had a firewall, you had endpoint, you had data leakage prevention technologies, vulnerability scanning, a few things like that. Today, there's over 2,000 security vendors. And you know, unlike any other industry in the world, you know, there's the, you know, most industries will have four, five, six players. This has got 2,000 players, and it's incredibly confusing. And when we talk to our customers who are worrying about things like GDPR compliance or data leakage or these kinds of things or movement to the cloud, you know, they're very confused because, picking up on something that Wit said, you know, where they have deployed I think you said 200 pieces of software in the average enterprise. The average large enterprise has deployed as many as 80 different security technologies and vendors. And when we do our uh, analysis and our inventory of that, we find that about 25 to 30 percent of those security tools are not deployed, and almost 100 percent of them are deployed poorly. And so there's all sorts of issues here with complexity, understanding which technology is the right fit, you know, making sense of different firewalls, all these kinds of things, and the customers are confused. And if you look across the marketplace, the number one issue is not, am I going to get hacked? Is this piece of technology the right thing? It's just, help me take inventory of what I'm doing and optimize it. So that's where we come in. Um, Optiv has been around for, you know, 20-odd years or so. We started as a value-added reseller. We've moved up the value stack to become a company that provides consulting services to customers, you know, to help them make sense of all this chaos and create clarity out of that chaos and help them understand that based on this workload, on this conversion infrastructure that may be on-prem or off-prem, you know, with these kinds of business metrics and values and this kind of compliance requirement, this is the right technology for you. And in many cases, you may actually have bought too much technology that's in conflict with each other. So making sure that they're using the right technologies. You know, our claim to fame here is, you know, as a value-added reseller, we have about over 350 partners um, you know, think of all your checkpoints and Palo Altos and Semantics and McAfee's and all the others, new and innovative and those that have been around for a while. And we know those technologies extremely well because, you know, we architect them, we install them, we run, we operate them on behalf of our customers. And that gives us better knowledge of the parsing algorithms of those security technologies than the vendors themselves because we understand one versus another. And because we're also working the whole life cycle with our customers from plan, build, or run their business, We've gained knowledge through over 8,000 customers around the world, you know, where we run and operate their business models for them to actually help them understand not only what the learnings are from operating a network and installing a network, which then informs us and, and the best ways to architect a solution on behalf of those customers. So, you know, this is kind of the business we're in, helping create clarity out of that chaos, or some would say helping customers acquire just the right amount of security. Not too much, not too little, not too many tools, not overreacting to, you know, what the latest hack and attack and ransomware threat is. Now, when we take this and we translate that to cloud, you know, cloud, like everything, is still going through a maturity cycle. 
You know, it used to be that several years ago, a lot of people moved to the cloud initially because it was a, an issue of cost efficiencies and the way of taking operational costs out of the business, right? As people have evolved to more of kind of an, an application development environment particularly, and as we've seen IT move from being, you know, equivalent with a cost line in the balance sheet to more of a revenue driver, and think of like bimodal IT if you're familiar with those concepts, right? We're looking for a lot more agility, a lot more scalability, and a lot more responsiveness in how cloud applications are developed in the business. But this actually creates conflict with security. Because the more agile and faster I want to run, the more security is looked at as a prohibitor to business involvement. And so, you know, we're kind of an interesting place where security has to catch up. The good news is that using the same sort of concepts that we find in cloud, like scalability and agility, creating these very, uh, very responsive DevOps environments, are actually things that we can absorb into the practice of delivering good security technologies by leveraging things like marketplace in a way that you can turn on and off security requirements almost on an on-demand basis and as a scale basis. So we're taking the same sort of enabling capabilities that can be delivered to a business through cloud and taking the same cloud economics, if you will, and those cloud capabilities and characteristics and now applying them to security, which provides a means by which we can actually create further clarity for the customers. So when we think about this a little bit in our transformation, we've actually started to integrate a lot of these kinds of capabilities into how we're delivering services to our customers. Right, so creating that same sort of agility and responsiveness to our customers as they do different things. They acquire a new company, and now you've got two or three different identity access management technologies, which could potentially be in conflict with each other. We're leveraging things like Marketplace. We can get everyone onto a common platform very, very quickly and get the, the business compliant almost immediately. So let's talk about a specific customer example. We had a very large healthcare organization that came to us because they had made a strategic investment that they were moving to AWS. You know, and this was a future business direction for them. And they were very excited and looking to maximize the value of what they could get very, very quickly um, you know, with that strategic decision. As the application development environment started to spin up very, very quickly, we found the typical conflict that we see in every enterprise. On the one hand, you found the application environment looking to move quick and deliver value quickly, right, and maximize value to the company. On the other hand, you have the security organizations looking to maximize security, which oftentimes causes things to slow down. There were previous decisions that had been made by this organization around specific vendors that fit their operating model, uh, you know, most appropriately. And yet those vendors were not on marketplace yet. And so we had a conflict. And the communication wasn't working well, frankly, between these two organizations because they were speaking very, very different languages. So if, if you're familiar with the old you know, parable of the Tower of Babel, where the tower caused all sorts of different people to actually speak different languages, we were actually able to leverage marketplace as a way of getting everyone to speak a common language. So it was almost like the reverse Tower of Babel, if that makes sense. Um, we were able to look at, get with a vendor who had previously been their, their, their key firewall vendor, help them adopt their technologies to now become prevalent and available through marketplace and able to be spun up on top of the Amazon cloud. This allowed the ability to turn on the security services very quickly with what was already pre-approved technologies and predefined in the operational model of the security organization. 
and that allowed the app development environment to start doing their work very, very quickly. Anytime they needed to spin up new applications, they knew that they could spin up the associated security elements with it almost immediately. You know, so in the end, everyone started speaking the same language, you know, with the forcing function by uh, working through Marketplace. Um, and even to the point where we got the procurement folks very, very pleased also, which is a rarity for those of you who work with a lot of procurement organizations, because they can actually now manage their bit part of the business process as well with an already approved vendor through a technology that they'd already made a strategic investment in through AWS Marketplace. So in the end, everyone was happy. And as their trusted partner, we were actually very happy because this triggered a whole new business practice for us, which we've been working on for a period of time. Uh, and it actually accelerated our investment in now delivering to uh, customers security solutions through a whole different channel. Thank you, Whit. Thank you. All right, well, I've talked a lot about software procurement and marketplace, but our customers are also talking to us about what happens you know, after they've made the purchase and when they deploy resources. They want the ability to enjoy the agility that comes with the cloud platform. They want to be able to do it with high degree of control and visibility. And they're also looking to uh, approve and deploy uh, you know, standardized IT landscapes uh, time and time again with their end users. They also want to create you know, very specific guardrails that they can put in place so that they don't have to come back and reconfigure software time and time again uh, when, they're, when they're out there working with their customers. Now this is where Service Catalog comes into play. And I don't know how many of you have heard about Service Catalog. Basically it is, it allows customers and their end users to create a catalog of services. And this catalog of services can be any, any kind of pre-configured software and AWS resources uh, that are, are placed into the catalog. And you can have a service being as simple as just a single software product uh, combined with a single EC2 instance, or it can be a very complex three-tier web application. Now this catalog of services are your actual products that uh, you have configured and put security guidelines uh, and, and you know, whatever kind of guardrails you want to put a place around uh, so that your customers and you can just use it time and time and time again. Now, we have another partner that's joining us, which is GP, who's the principal for Stack Armor who's joining us to talk about his experience with Service Catalog and Marketplace. And, and Stack Armor is an interesting company because they've been with us since 2014. They're cloud-first partners, an advanced consulting partner, traditionally done a lot of work with AWS infrastructure, and now is getting more into the software application portfolio management because their customers are asking them to. I talked a lot in the beginning about sort of the, the migration and the changes that are taking place uh, with customers. And you know, there's sort of been this divide between you know, sales and installation and then the management of infrastructure. This is a great example of a company that, you know, started with the infrastructure and, and is now sort of taking that, the software workload off of the customer. So with that, I'll leave it to GP. Thanks. Thank you, Whit. Thank you very much for that introduction. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much for sacrificing your lunch for being with us. Uh, as Witt said, uh, I've, an I've had an opportunity to work with Amazon for almost eight years now. Uh, I did my first uh, AWS migration in 2009 uh, for the White House uh, system called recovery.gov. And uh, the platform just becomes bigger and bigger, and uh, here we are. And so a little bit about uh, my background. Uh, uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Stack Armor. 
we focus on security and compliance-based uh, workloads migration into AWS, uh, particularly focused on public sector, healthcare and financial services customers. So everybody can do a cloud migration, but uh, some of these organizations have very, very specific security and compliance requirements. And so we've been doing that for a while, and as we've uh, done that sort of transition, uh, we're sort of getting dragged into sort of being not really something that we had sort of in our business plan from being a value-added reseller or helping people buy stuff. But uh, as you're sort of seeing, cloud is the new normal, and I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about how our business as a solution provider to our customers is changing because of two really powerful tools uh, coming out from the Amazon uh, platform, if you will, or cloud, AWS Marketplace and Service Catalog. So for those of you, um, all right, that was my slide which I already covered. Uh, so we'll go on to the next one. So for those of you that work in what we call regulated markets, customers, just like anybody else, uh, need two things. They need speed, but they also need security and compliance. And for those of you that have had the joy of working in those markets, uh, those things normally don't go well together. And so what we have found is an interesting methodology. We call it security by compliance. And the, the methodology behind security by compliance is uh, we are able to go in and execute a lot of the security and compliance processes uh, and deliver agility by having that conversation right at the beginning of the design process, number one. Number two, what we find in a lot of uh, organizations that are migrating to the cloud, that security and compliance many times is a bolt-on. So we love to go in and perhaps uh, use ways that we were familiar with uh, when we were in the traditional environment and perhaps are not that familiar with what we call cloud-native services. Uh, what we have found again and again is if we are able to go in and deliver capability, security, and compliance-related using services that are what we call cloud-native, then we are able to tremendously accelerate that process, which otherwise may take weeks or months. And so uh, this simple table here, it shows you a list of typical security controls that an organization is looking for, particularly if you're operating in the public sector, healthcare, or financial services markets. And so what we've found with AWS is I think it has the richest portfolio of solutions that are cloud native. You can turn them on very quickly and go in and meet those regulatory requirements. There are two things that I'm really excited about, and that'll be sort of the, the primary focus of my talk today is Amazon Marketplace uh, and the service catalog. And what you'll see is uh, those two services are driving this sort of new transformation in these organizations that are adopting cloud services. So let's take a look at a typical enterprise. So I may be a healthcare provider, uh, I may be a bank, I may be uh, a public sector agency. What's happened in 2017 is the conversation has moved beyond just cloud as sort of, quote unquote, an IT toy. It's really about now having a business conversation 
to say, okay, this technology is here, it's real, it delivers business benefits. How can we go ahead and now change the way we do things on the business side and deliver the same level of acceleration where IT can go in and spin up hundreds of instances in a matter of minutes or hours, but the process of acquiring software the, or capability, the process of vetting this software through the security and governance process, how do we accelerate those processes because those are the things that slow us down. And finally, last but not the least, uh, the developer community, right? So there's a lot of bottom-up pressure where developers are under a lot of pressure through DevOps and other sort of techniques to deliver new capability fast. And so developers love this idea of being able to try out stuff, fail fast, uh, and then if uh, some things work, move it into production. So we have to go and make sure that this, uh, all of these three things are delivered in sort of the new novel and in, the, in what we call a digital enterprise. So let's take a look at how this process works today. So I have a need, I'm a stakeholder. Uh, I have a need for some kind of software. Uh, let's take my favorite topic of firewall. <laughs> I'm a security guy. So uh, we need to go in and buy some new piece of software because there is an emergent business need. So typically what will happen is uh, somebody from business will go and come up with the need. Somebody uh, in IT, uh, in addition to their day job, will uh, maybe read Gartner reports, uh, do research, and try and maybe contact their value-added resellers for information on pricing, licensing, things like that. In my experience, that process by itself is many, many days, many, many hours, and uh, lots of conference calls and phone calls in trying to hammer down three things. Um, I want to go in and understand uh, your licensing structure for your software. Uh, are you cloud-friendly? So I want to be able to understand that is your licensing model sort of uh, optimized for cloud or is it always uh, buying at the peak levels? Uh, do you handle auto-scaling? Uh, do you handle the ability to go in and let me take benefits of switching down instances? So lots of those kind of conversations occur. And then finally, um, uh, we also <laughs> need to figure out what size of instance I'm gonna use and what happens to interesting licensing terms if I change the size of my instance. I mean, after all, cloud is dynamic and I expect uh, the software that I'm gonna use on the cloud to sort of play along with that model. So after we have ironed out all of that, then comes the part about going in and accessing the software. So maybe I'll get a disk. I don't know, I don't get disk anymore. Maybe uh, I'll get an SFTP site with username passwords that doesn't work five times out of 10. Or um, I will be get shipped a key. And so again, sort of a disparate kind of process. I've seen this process take anywhere from two to three weeks from the time somebody starts uh, the research, and by the time the development team or the operational team gets access to that software. So compare that to an environment where the developers uh, can go in and install the software, get it up and running in a matter of hours, but the business processes uh, take a little bit longer. So obviously, this is uh, ripe for change, and we need to find a better way 
of delivering this capability. So let's go on to uh, the new normal. Um, all of us have done, the holiday season is coming, so all of us are doing Christmas shopping or holiday shopping uh, and e-commerce or e-online shopping for gifts and presents is something we've done for many years. But I'm now able to go to the Amazon marketplace, uh, do a quick search for a firewall, uh, and all of the interesting you know, vendors are there. I can get a Cisco firewall, I can get a Palo Alto firewall, I can get um, a Sophos firewall, what have you. Uh, I can go in and do some quick research and review based on the customer comments that some products uh, don't do well with the auto-scaling group, or certain other products may not do well uh, with shutdown. So I, I can go in and very quickly do this research from this rich resource. Not only that, I can also go in and very quickly do comparative pricing of different services available on this resource. So I want to run uh, a bunch of firewalls on a M3 extra large. Well, I can now do pricing comparisons in a couple of minutes and try and figure that stuff out. So the other thing I can also do is when a product or service is listed on Marketplace, there is a process of vetting that that pro software vendor has gone through. Um, as uh, Peter talked about, they helped get a ISV onto the marketplace. You have to sign a terms of service. Uh, you promise to go in and keep your software while it is free. You promise to keep it updated, etc. So I, as the consumer, now have access to a resource that has got some level of vetting, and the people that are selling their products or services in there have gone through some kind of a process. So I can quickly go and do my pricing comparisons, and then I can go in and do what I call a browse and click. So I browse the software I want. One click, I can go ahead and import that AMI into my VPC. Now my developers are very happy. They are now have the ability to go in and quickly ingest this new software that they so desperately need. So let's say I'm a large enterprise and I have gone through this process. But as all of us know that have worked in enterprises, uh, nobody likes what we call the Wild Wild West. Uh, there is a need for governance and control. So yes, there is this huge marketplace with lots of goodies in it, but I, the enterprise within this organization, may have standardized not on 200 <laughs> software products, but maybe 20. And so what I can do now is I can take those 20 authorized products or services and create my own curated marketplace in service catalog. So the benefit to me now is I have now created one single place where my consumers or my users for the enterprise can go and access the software that's authorized and approved and very quickly go ahead and import it into their enterprise. And so really, a process which might take two to three weeks with the traditional value-added reseller model can you know, really take a few hours or just a few days. And the power of this uh, became apparent to us based on two customer situations that we were faced with recently, which I'll share with you. So one of our customers is in the financial services space, a very, very competitive financial services space. And they had a need to go live with a product launch earlier this summer. Uh, 
and they had very, very specific security and compliance requirements. As this tends to happen uh, at a very inopportune time in the uh, production deployment lifecycle, uh, we discovered that there was a need for a very, very specific IPS capability, firewall capability. And so uh, the CIO organization went through the traditional route that I sort of outlined before. And so they did a bunch of research, uh, went out to a uh, value-added reseller, uh, tried to get pricing back, uh, things like that. That whole process, end-to-end, -end, uh, took them about two weeks. And we said, well, you know, we, we, we're familiar with marketplace. We are really not a value-added reseller of third-party products, but I think I can meet your deadline by going into marketplace, reviewing a bunch of options, and giving you a recommendation on what we think is the best solution for you. Um, and so we did some research, found a product on marketplace that we thought fit what this customer needed, um, provided the requisite uh, analysis. We also have a methodology for, uh, of course, vetting the product and services, sent it to the IT folks, sent it to the security folks. Uh, within a day, they had reviewed it, uh, blessed it, and on the second day, we had the environment uh, up and running, or the software up and running in their VPC. So really, we were able to go in and meet the production deadline, and were able to shrink a process which otherwise might take two to three weeks to less than two days. Uh, and what's interesting with this customer is the CIO has now asked us to take on more of this responsibility of now helping them create this curated uh, service catalog where they can not just buy you know, these one-off solutions, but they can now go and make this as part of their regular business process. Another uh, case study that I'll share with you is uh, in the public sector space, uh, government agency. How many of you have done procurement for a government agency? Quick show of hands. Oh, you're, you're also lucky. Um, so in this situation, you know, a lot of times in government, there is a lot of process obviously involved in you know, buying stuff. And so uh, it could be many weeks, if not months. So again, we had a similar situation where we were launching a new service uh, for this particular customer, and it had a specific mandate by when that system had to go live. Uh, during a third-party uh, security review, it was found that we needed to have a um, security incident at event management software. And so unfortunately, the time of year at which this happened, uh, the procurement window had closed or was rapidly closing. And so any new software or capability that had to be bought might have taken many, many weeks, if not months. And so what we were again able to do is uh, go and connect with the marketplace team, uh, found a solution um, that met all of their criteria from a security and compliance standpoint, and they were able to go ahead and deploy that SIEM service um, in a matter of days. And what was interesting about that is uh, because they are a government agency, you still have to go through your due diligence process uh, but they were able to go into marketplace, do research, and typically when you're doing government procurement, you have to at least go in and show that you did research of three alternatives. So again, they were able to go ahead and do that through marketplace. They checked with their legal folks and acquisition folks, 
And so what was interesting is because they already had a, what, what we call a CloudWire account from which they were consuming Amazon services, and since this software capability was coming from that same account, it's one single bill whether you're consuming EC2 or products and services from the marketplace, uh, they did not have to go through an extended procurement process. So really the ability to go in and streamline the software acquisition process was a big winner. And so again, from their standpoint, they have standardized some of these services and products. And so now we're again helping them implement service catalog where you need to go in and provide very specific hardened uh, images for them to be able to consume in those services. So again, what I think I'll share with you is just a couple of quick examples how we as a uh, cloud native a solution provider that helps customers migrate their uh, workloads into Amazon, provides managed services, security and compliance services, are just finding that customer behavior, uh, buying behavior and consumption behavior of enterprise software is changing. And so we, as a result, have to also change based on that customer demand. And they just you know, want the convenience uh, of having a single bill uh, having the ability to have the CIO organization, the CFO organization, uh, and the business be able to get transparency on what's being bought, how much is being bought, uh, what's sort of running on their systems. So I hope I provided you some information and you found it useful. I will turn it back to Witt to take it to the close. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, GP. Appreciate it. So I'm going to leave you all with a a couple of thoughts, just have a couple more slides to go through, but in many ways, AWS Marketplace is transforming the way that customers and consulting partners are buying software. And we're seeing a three-tier model starting to emerge in buying patterns. So for anything less than $20,000, and this doesn't have to be for small to medium-sized businesses, this is the enterprise as well, uh, we're starting to see more of, well, we can just go buy it, right? Marketplace has a vetted catalog. It all shows up on our bill. It's tagged. We have control. We have visibility. We can use service catalog to keep an eye on things so it can be deployed uh, within reasonable guardrails. So we see quite a bit of this sort of try and buy falling under that 20K watermark. Then for subscriptions that fall into that $20,000 to $100,000, which in a lot of ways with our consulting partners falls into kind of a sweet spot still from a, hey, let's just go ahead and buy it. You don't quite have to get into a, a little bit more of a messy procurement situation. Um, we see the consulting partners, you know, we see a lot of purchases from them in that tier because they get to enjoy many of the things that, that uh, uh, GP was talking about, just sort of the speed to market, how fast it could be deployed, turning months into weeks into days. And then also for $100,000 or more, now that we've, we've made uh, private offers, seller private offers available, it was in preview mode, for a number of weeks before we announced it today, we've seen a really a strong gravitation towards seller private offers for purchases that are over $100,000. That's typically when the procurement teams come into play. They want to negotiate a custom price, negotiate custom terms, but still when it comes to the fulfillment and deployment, there's that ready-made catalog that can just be deployed directly into either uh, an end customer's account or into a reseller's account who's going to manage that on behalf of the end customer. And then finally, with the enterprise, we're starting to see what we call the 550-500 model starting to emerge. And when about half the spend in a large enterprise 
is really consumed by five major vendors. And these are the Microsofts, the Oracles, the SAPs of the world. And they, it's tying up a large amount of, of IT spend, still managed on AWS. A lot of times these customers are you know, big spenders buying things direct. And then in that 50 tier, you think back to that slide where I talked about the eight common categories uh, that are used across you know, consulting partners and within customers, sort of the basic capabilities required to run on the cloud. This is, this is that tier. These are those 50 applications or these 50 vendors, I should say, that are critical to that journey to the cloud. And we're seeing a lot of our consulting partners investing time and resources and building skill sets around that. These are the same applications that are gonna lift and shift as, as customers migrate or are gonna replace applications that may already have been used by the customer for a long time but aren't really a great fit for, uh, for the new environment. And then there's the long tail. This is the 500 plus you know, types of vendors that might be in a in a, uh, an enterprise's portfolio. I talked about how there's 200 plus vendors, but that can represent you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications. Now that's not to say that these types of vendors are inexpensive. Some of them are boutique. They solve very specific problems and can require a lot of professional services to get them implemented. But Marketplace really comes into play in that 50 and 500 tier, and that's where we're seeing our consulting partners invest in being very, very successful in combining the agility of Marketplace with the visibility and control of service catalog. So as I wrap up, I wanna thank you all again for, as GP said, uh, consuming your lunch hour to join us. Um, I know that you all have a very busy schedule. Really appreciate the time. There's opportunities in every account that are often software-based, move, the movement of software. And also invite you to participate in our channel programs. Please feel free to come up and talk to me uh, when the presentation ends or join us at the uh, Marketplace booth to learn more, but enjoy the rest of your week and appreciate the time today. Thank you.